0: Welcome to the Visual Pros Podcast. From the Visual Pros Studios located in Huntsville, Alabama, the home of the U.S. Army Redstone Arsenal, and the NASA Marshall Space Flight Center. This week's topic is Obi Wan Graphics, Challenges and Solutions. Here is your host for this edition, Dave Dobbs. Well, hello, everyone. I wanted to get with you today on an exciting podcast topic, one that uh, is very near and dear to all of us, and one that is uh, essentially becoming uh, increasingly critical, likely to all of our jobs and positions within the military, defense, aerospace, and IC community. And that, of course, is the all-important OV-1 graphic. Today, we're going to be talking about the challenges and solutions with respect to OV-1 graphics and, and how they're developed. We'll have another bo- podcast another day that will be going into how to develop the content. But today, we're going to be talking about the development. First, as we probably all know, the, the main challenge with in OV-1, incredibly difficult, is a combination, uh, the integration of science, engineering, and art. And all that has to come together to present a clear, concise, compelling message. And one of the other things I like to share with people about a real challenge of uh, OV1 development is that OV1s are typically developed in terms of their content and what must be shown in them. Those content uh, details and so on are developed by teams of people. They're not just typically one person. So you've got typically a group of folks that come together, uh, technical folks, engineering, programmatic, and so on, that are defining what that OV-1 needs to look like, what it needs to convey with respect to its critical key message. So that, that too can be a challenge, as maybe some of us know, working in among teams, for example, IP. One of the other challenges I want to point out today uh, is that many graphic artists, uh, although maybe excelling in their fields and are absolutely wonderful SMEs in graphic arts, the design of graphic, really are not that well uh, experienced in terms of uh, OV-1 development. They, uh, in many instances, understand what an OV-1 is, but uh, admittedly, OV-1s in the past have probably not been developed uh, as part of a mainstay of what you find most graphic artists uh, looking at on an eight-hour day. So really what that what that means is that when we go to an graphic artist and say, hey, we need an OV-1, um, it's, it's a, some, sometimes it's actually a learning curve. Uh, it's a steep learning curve, and it can result in some, some issues. We'll get into those in a moment. One of the other things, too, I think that, that maybe is, is a bit of a challenge, at least I, I've seen it, is that the OV-1 is an integral part and perhaps the most critical part of DODAF the U.S. Department of Defense Architecture Framework, now in version 2.02. Many uh, graphic artists and sometimes even some of the more programmatic and technical folks that uh, we typically work with and have worked with over the many years don't really uh, understand what DODAF is. Uh, That, too, can be a challenge because OV-1, might, while it may seemingly just be a pretty graphic in some ways, really is an integral part and then hands off to uh, 50 or more different submodels and views. So OV ones are just the start of the DoDAF process. Very important, and we can talk more about that perhaps on another podcast. But the other thing I, I think that that maybe I see a lot of folks struggling with is that there really is no no recognized format per se for all OV ones to fit into. You know, there are OV ones that <laughs> that are just, uh, you know, completely different than others in terms of their overall appearance. We typically have a mind's eye picture of what we all think of when we think of an OV-1, and those, those mind's eye pictures are normally very different. So while OV-1s are recognized in terms of their use and where they stand within uh, the U.S. Department of Defense and other U.S. government agencies, the content and the format can, can vary widely. A big, big challenge. And along with that is that there really are no tools that are just for OV1 development and use. Um, We've seen time and again where, uh, you know, OV1s are put together. uh, We've probably all seen them on the Internet. We've probably all, you know, done searches on Google and whatnot, only to find that, you know, what we're looking at are just simplistic-looking, you know, cartoons that uh, really are far from what we would think of in terms of professional, high-quality image and, and work product one of the problems with that is that the tools that people are trying to use just simply are are not being uh, applied correctly or, or they're just the wrong tool at the wrong time and along with that is that the training resources i think probably are are a big part of the challenge uh, having to do with the fact that you know the people that are involved in ob1 development are many times not well trained or perhaps have not, you know, perhaps ever been trained in uh, what an OV-1 is and how an OV-1 works uh, within programs and kinds cons- proposals and so on. So there are just some of the more general challenges um, that that I think we all face, everybody faces on a daily basis when we talk about OV-1s. Um, some of the details of, of some of those challenges, one I'll just kind of point out here a couple that is a single OV one can actually require as many as six or seven different tools. You know, we talked about tools being a problem, but I think this kind of goes to the heart of that. Is that uh, in many of the OV ones that that we develop here at Visual Prose, uh, in some some instances, six or seven is is a low number. Uh, in and among those six or seven are some very very advanced tools that may not be used on every OV one, but those include uh, some CGI tools, some advanced model and simulation, and then of course those are combined with all types of other of other resources uh, to to make the final OV-1 product. So we are asked, and in, in in some I know, like a trade show, we'll have people walk up and say, "Hey, you know, what tool what tool did you use to make that OV1? We really like that OV1. What what are you using?" And then we have to kind of go through this same <laughs> explanation that there is. There really is no magic list of, of a, a tool for a OV-1. There really isn't. And that in and of itself, uh, obviously, is a real challenge. With that is the time required. Um, we, you know, We we talk to, to a lot of folks that are looking at ov They realize right off the bat, I think most of us do, that OV-1s are intricate. And they're very complicated. As I said earlier, they're a mixture and a combination of science, engineering, and art. Uh, they're quite unlike any other uh, graphic product uh, out there. But for that reason, the time required can be, can be substantial as compared to, you know, other types of tactical graphics that we may think, particularly in the proposal. Uh, an OB-1 can take days, if not weeks. I've seen them take months. Uh, and by, you know, the interaction of large groups and teams of people that are located all over the world, uh, that are working together on teams. One of the big problems, one of the big challenges, uh, that I think the community at large has seen is that there has really been a lack of resources as far as, you know, OV1 backgrounds, OV1 foreground, uh, the necessary uh, resource for as, far as uh, some of the more higher end, high realistic, high quality, high res types of imagery. One, one area I think is a real challenge for uh, the OV1 professional, uh, not just making a OV1 that is content correct and that is accurate with respect to its technical aspects, but how to make that realistic and how to make it uh, where uh, people can understand how it is applied in the real world and how it would look and operate and interact within a a real world context operation. That too, obviously, is a challenge. So quality and realism uh, can really even take longer, even though we've got a OV-1 that looks great in terms of uh, the content. You know, we've got the definition down, we've got uh, the engineering aspects of it, how it works. But But how do we, how do we bring that into a, into an environment where we think that particular concept is going to be used for purposes of meeting a mission requirement? Those can vary widely. So as we look at that, we, we kind of say, well, let's look at a couple of different solutions to some of these challenges. And I think uh, a couple come to mind very quickly, and the first is, is quite obvious, and that is to ha- always have available uh, the necessary OV-1 resources and capabilities at the ready, because in many projects, and many uh, uh, project offices uh, specifically, you know, the requirement for an OV-1 can come down pretty quick, and that OV-1, not only rec- in terms of the requirement can come down quickly, uh, the folks that are needing that also need that OB1 to be turned around quickly. In other words, they need the results, they need the work product finished to them very quickly. So how do you do that? Well, as I said, you've got to have those resources and capabilities at the ready, and what are those? Well, first, um, the, the manner in which many many people, many organizations, including US government agencies, uh, address that requirement, uh, that solution, uh, is to have a turnkey capability available Um, such as, you know, an outside firm uh, like Visual that that specializes in OV1s, it can do them uh, in a realistic and a a reasonable amount of time. Um, Now, people say, well, we'd like to have that internal. Well, how do we do that internally where we don't have that? And I think that leads us into the next possible solution uh, to these challenges, and that's training. Uh, Training and OV-1 development and DODAF, Uh, I like to combine those two. I may not spend a whole lot of time on DODAF, but uh, in terms of all the 50-something different models, but we would certainly look at how the OV-1 model and view interacts with some of the more key elements within DODAF. There's about six or seven key ones that I like to look at as far as those that are typically on most mid projects. Uh, so that's very important: training and tools, training in uh, the overall uh, understanding of Dotaf, its role and how it's used, and then how it's developed with respect to teams of people. And then next, getting into I think probably the area that that we're all maybe always looking to expand, and we want to have the best tools available, we want to have the best resources available, and that is the various OV1 backgrounds, the various OV1 foregrounds, uh, and then. Possibly, as we bring those into an even more efficient tool, would be templates. And we'll have another podcast on the OV1 templates, but but that seems to be where I think most of, uh, most of, of the users out there, most of the requirements folks from OV1 uh, are looking at uh, having these OV1s develop very, very quickly, but yet having a high-end professional work product uh, that shows accurate, as I've said, the technical. So... Looking at backgrounds and foregrounds, let me just kind of look at that here real quickly. And one of the biggest problems is realism, as I've said earlier. But the other one is the compatibility and interaction of foreground elements on the background. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, that's probably best characterized by perspective. Now, we all want high-res imagery. We always want realistic. And we want up-to-date, current image. But even all that in of itself cannot provide what we're looking for if the perspective and the view angle are not consistent and compatible foregrounds to background. And at uh, Visual Pros, that I think that's probably one of the areas that we excel at in both of uh, the areas of background. And then most recently bringing that into a very different and new tool, a much more efficient tool of an approach to development of ov and that's templates. And templates uh, again uh, kind of do all the hard work. So there are uh, a couple of four to five key solutions to some of the challenges that we've uh, we've kind of outlined. Uh, I want to close today and say that uh, we appreciate your your using our podcast. to have some more exciting topics uh, on OV ones as well as other types of conum proposal graphic and one of our favorites, which is cover artwork. So. Stay tuned, and uh, if there's topics out there that you'd like to see us cover in some of these podcasts in the future, be sure to go over to the website there at winningproposalvisuals.com and uh, just uh, hit the little message and let us know what those might be. We'll try to get it. Again, thanks so much for your, uh, your using our podcast today, and have a great day. You have been listening to the Visual Pros Podcast from Huntsville, Alabama.